get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, and we'll see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. Just dishing it. Episode 57. Damn, we should have. I, I think Porterowski's number is 57 when he plays for the Hurricanes. This would have been a good one to have him on. But we had him on before that. So should it's have cool. Had Tyler Myers. Yeah. I actually, um, yeah, I got, I'll, I'll call him. I'll give him a call. What are your thoughts about bringing him back? Um, I Wait, still he's still in the jersey. league? Fuck yeah, he's in the league. He's a top four on Vancouver, rolling right now. The Canucks. I still have, I still have his jersey. Yeah, could be so, interesting. I'll take it. Put another tall guy with Owen Power. That'd be that'd be real interesting. I don't know. I don't know what the money would look like, but uh, the funnel guy tossed that idea to me. Jumping Can't remember. Right in, jumping right yeah. in here. Yeah, the number fifty-seven on the brain. You know, just kind of <laughs> happens. Um, but yeah, welcome back, everybody. Uh. Apologies for any connection crappiness that maybe have happened on my end for last episode. You know, beachfront, not to not to gloat too much. You know, I don't get away very often, but yes, it's sick expect- life, Benny. Yeah, it was was hoping to get a little better reception, but you can't have it all, right? So um, beachfront yeah. reception, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. It, it, I don't know. It was uh had to make it happen though. It's for the people. Got to make the appearances. That's what we do. Um, so yeah, fellas, uh, how's everything going? How's the week been? been ba- it's been good. I got a busy week this week, which is very, very shocking. Um, it's been quite quiet lately, but um, I had a nice little shoot with uh, Mr. 716 Nick today. And uh, yeah, it's, I got a lot of music this weekend. Uh, Stage managing and some recap stuff. Busy week. Busy week. Good old music week. You love that. You yes. absolutely love that. Yes. Toots, how about you, brother? I know you got you're gearing up a big oh, big one tonight. Up, gearing up game two of the playoffs tonight for the uh for the burners. So I'm uh getting locked in for that. Got uh called up with the big guns tonight. So uh playing on a line with Cavo and Maddie. Um, normally Benny plays in that slot. He's obviously been injured recently, so I'm getting plugged in on that uh, that top justician line there. Told Benny though, I might uh, throw the number 51 in Sharpie on my tape tonight. Just try to channel my inner Benny. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, dude, it's uh, if you do it and score a goal, strong cold chug two beers on the bench. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. But um, you know, we're uh, we're looking to make our little run here. Um, definitely better than our record in the uh, in the regular season. Uh, we've hit a, a nice little stretch of playing well the last couple games. Won our first playoff game last week. But I gotta give Cav some credit, right? So Cav and I were playing on a line last week, and this dude works so freaking hard out there. And he was like, "Toots, we're gonna get you a goal. We're gonna get you a goal." And there's a couple like rebounds that came out where you know got a stick on him, just you know didn't get the right bounce or whatever. And then there was one. Cav fed it right off front, and I should have had one, but um, you know, just got a little, just got a little happy and missed it. And wow. um, 
you know, he gripping worked the hard. stick a little too tight. Yeah, exactly. Grip the stick a little bit too tight on that one. And uh, so hopefully we bounce back tonight. And then in the third period, I definitely took a little bit of a frustration penalty in the corner and just, uh, you know, got sent to the box two minutes for roughing. But, you know, nice. everyone's everyone's got to get on the score sheet somehow. So, you know, <laughs> I took a penalty. Yeah. That sometimes you got to let them know, you know, yeah. you, like, the you know, the guy tried to let me know. You know, sometimes you end up with a fucked up wrist. That's just yeah. the way the game's played. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to be back behind the bench tonight. You know, I'm going to be itching like a racehorse, you know, in the stall there ready to run, you know, because I can't can't play. But I'm going to stand at the end of the bench during warm-ups, do a little stick handle and see how she feels. A little tender lately. I, I, I admit I've been doing probably a little more than the docs would tell me to, but I've done that every injury I've ever had. So it's just that, that stupid idiotic thing in my brain that I can't shake, but is what it is. I make sure I'm back for the summer season though. Cause uh, that's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good run. Uh, usually the competition ramps up just a tad bit. You get some guys back in the summer in the area who are from here, maybe playing, you know, juniors and whatnot. So it'll be an even better skate. Um, get that good cardio back up again. Love it. Toss, you know, people toss around. People forget, even though we've been going on a nice little run the last few weeks here, um, people forget when you got hurt, you were the number one scorer on the team. Um, top top in points yeah. in the squad when you went down. So we're looking forward to having you back in the lineup. I know. Dare I say, am I the Jack Eichel of the Burners? You you know what? You might be. I mean, I leave. I go you know what? Away, don't, no, no, no. Don't do that. Actually, don't do that to yourself because you are – unbelievable locker room guy as well and <laughs> i mean that guy i don't think i don't think eichel knew his teammates names um so you're the exact opposite of that oh buddy if you would uh if you were to read some stuff on sabers twitter i mean you would think the guy is just trying he's plotting to murder people when he was on the sabers pretty much but uh it brings up an interesting point though do you think by now jack's kind of sitting there and he's like I really took the bait from Mike Harrington on that question. Do you, do think, you think, think he, what do you think, Derek? Do you think he's sitting there thinking about that now? Not, not, one, bit. not one bit. With an answer like that? No. No. I, I don't know if he's even like I don't think he's the type of person where that shit even registers with him. That's what I'm saying. You know, like I think he's that guy that like flies way above it. He's been told his entire life that he's above everything where, like, I think he just acts and lashes out without caring about what the aftermath is going to be and then wouldn't even think twice about it. That's interesting. It's an interesting. Not like in a bad way. I think it's just like I think he just like like I'm not saying like he's so used to just not hearing. Yeah, like arrogant. Like, I'm just like, I think he's just like I think he literally just flies above it and doesn't listen to the outside stuff so yeah well you would think right because you know i i this is fresh on my mind because i listened i finally got a chance to listen to the chicklets interview craig rubay i got to listen to that one um some phenomenal stories from rubay too i mean unbelievable guy uh unbelievable career had a great story about when he was a rookie with Montreal. If you haven't listened to that interview, go check it out for sure. But one thing that got, that kind of got on my brain about it was where he said, like, 
he's and I was he put it into words where I didn't realize at the time. That's kind of what I thought was just he was so Jack was so stunned like that he didn't get like a standing ovation. Like I think he genuinely thought he was going to get like a everyone stand up round of applause with like the tribute video. Everyone was going to cheer for him. What like when they booed? Because Derek, you were there. Like they booed mostly during the, the tribute <laughs> the video. Half, the first half of it, and then people did like this, like <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Uh, do we clap now or like? Yeah, yeah. Are we gonna like, keep going? It was not a unanimous like. It was not a, not a very big standing ovation. That yeah. was the the the. South Buff, the South Buff scumbags came out to play that <laughs> night, and man, I I loved every second of it. Obviously, uh, uh, yeah, everyone yeah. that was there to cause a scene and yeah. uh, let it be known that we do not like you was there. Yeah, it was, it was something. It's interesting. Yeah, I didn't go into it liking it. Like I didn't like think I was going to enjoy it, and I wasn't going to partake in it. But I guess I don't oh, understand. Man, it, was, it was something. Like how he could, like I I heard the interview, Benny, and I definitely yeah. agree. I definitely agree with Reve that it seemed like he was stunned, but I don't understand how someone in that situation could feel that way just by listening to some of the other things about how he was when he was here, right? And I've never met Jack, so I don't know him. I don't, I'm not making any personal judgment on his character, his personality, but of course not. like Reve also mentioned on after the whistle a while ago about a story where he was with some of the, you know, junior Sabres youth teams as a coach and they traveled to long Island to play and they got tickets to a Sabres game, all the families, you know, and the kids went and they got, um, you know, locker room, basically tickets, not to go in the locker room, but to go like kind of down behind, you know, in after the game. And he was telling the story about how Michael came out and all these kids that have their junior Sabres gear on, they're all yelling his name or whatever. And he sees them. And instead of coming and saying hi to the kids and, you know, signing a couple of things, just kind of rolls his eyes, turns around and walks away. Right. And then he talked about how Kyle Akpozo walked over, talks to all the kids, signed stuff, you know, after a tough loss against his old team. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like one of those situations where if that's how you were dealing with, you know, fans during your time here, how could you possibly be stunned, right? His reaction definitely showed that he was stunned by that, you know, not so warm embrace. But if those are the ways that you're treating not only kids, but just fans in general while you're here, like you can't be bothered by them, why would they give you a warm welcome? I don't understand sure. how you could be that stunned, but maybe, you know, that's just him to the counterpoint. Yeah, to the counterpoint there. What I would think is because, and this is where, you know, and, and we won't spend too much time on this. We've beaten the shit out of this, right? But, I mean, it, it's always interesting, especially because <laughs> Vegas is really taking the slide lately <laughs> in the standings. Um, but we'll touch on that in a second here. But we all know that I don't think it's any secret for anyone who listens to the show or for either of you guys. I was a pretty stoic defender of Jack. Yeah, and I was as well. I'll go with that. He, 
while he gets some of the blame for what happened here, you are the $10 million man. You are the captain leader of the franchise, right? And we stunk. So some of that's on you. All of it, most of it, I, I don't know. I don't really think so. The team was ran like shit, got no help. I mean, so I think the because, again, Jack, think what you want. He's not stupid. He's got his, you know, him, his team, his people. They know what's going on throughout the whole league. They got their hockey guys. That's what they do. Pretty much anyone involved in the game grows up with the game of hockey, knows Buffalo and Western New York. They know the sport. We know – what you know, we're our hockey knowledge is higher than most fan bases, I would say. Is that fair? Yes, like that, like yeah, Ontario, it's the same exactly, thing. exactly. So, I think he probably recognized he's like, uh, th- I think why he was thinking that we would re- that the, the reception would be better would be he did. Could you, could you ever point to a time where he wasn't giving it all he had on the ice? I don't think you can, right? But I thought. I would feel like he would think, I think they'll recognize what I tried to do here. Like, I think that was verbatim what Rave said, recognize what we tried to do here or Jack tried to accomplish here and it just didn't happen. So when the boost started, it just got those wheels going of like what we saw from like 18 year old Jack when someone would ask him a question in the media and he would just, you know, be kind of snarky and, you know, be a bit of a dick. So I think that's probably my best guess, my last kind of take on that, just again, this all came from just I finally got a chance to listen to Reve talk about it with the Chicklets guys. So, um, but yeah, that that was kind of just my synopsis of it. It was interesting to think about, and it all again stemmed from Reve's you know initial comment about how he genuinely thought he was going to get a standing ovation, and. Again, as the as a fan of the team, I can see what you're saying, Tudor. I don't know why you would like assume that. If it happens, great. If not, I'm not surprised it didn't. But also, right. thinking about it from you know, like I haven't played nearly the levels Jack has, but I've played the game at high competitive levels. You know, for your average person, right? And he did give it everything he had here, and I think the frustration boiled over, and bada bada bada, here we are, right? He did, but I will say, and, and I agree with your point there, Benny, too, about, you know, high hockey IQ for a fan base here in, in Buffalo. But I think the difference is Buffalo sports fans to me, and this is something that Jack probably didn't realize or didn't know, but Buffalo sports fans over the years, right, like the Bills – really for people our age didn't have any success until like they made the wild card in 2017. Right. So a long stretch of not a lot of success, the Sabres now with an over with a decade long playoff drought, but fans here in Buffalo, even if their teams aren't winning, they value players that they feel connect with the community because it's a small town, right? Think about guys like Fred Jackson and Kyle Williams for the Bills. Those teams didn't win shit, but anytime those guys show up to a stadium on a Sunday for the rest of their life, they're going to get a standing ovation, right? Yeah, Stevie or Johnson. Stevie, Stevie yeah, Johnson. same thing, right? Because they gave their heart and soul, but like they were good people in the community and they treated fans awesome right they were personable they smiled they took time to 
you know, say hello to the kids or whatever. And people here in Western New York value that, right? Even if the team isn't great. And if somebody is a superstar, but they're an asshole, people still call them out for being an asshole. It doesn't exempt them from that here. That's kind of how the fan bases, I feel, you know, in Buffalo are toward their, toward their players, right? There's plenty of players that have come through the Sabres that have been beloved that haven't won anything, but they've been awesome people. Yeah. And and the fans here recognize that. And that's kind of, I think what they care about a lot, regardless of, you know, how many championship banners you have or haven't raised yet. Yeah. I think a lot of of guys are going to look, a lot of people are going to like Alex Tuck. I mean, he's just a hometown guy and he's just like, I mean, just him like carrying like that that image of him like carrying RJ out onto the ice after after that game was you know pretty great. Obviously, like him growing up, like he listened to RJ the whole time, and you know that's great to hear it. But you know, you got your captain and all of that, and yeah. You know, well, and that's the thing too, dudes. What I wanted to chat tack on is you know here I am again again with Jack where. Have you ever heard anything, let's say just like the guys we've mentioned, Stevie Johnson, Kyle Williams, Fred Jackson. Let's throw Kyle Ekposo in there because we just brought him up in the last little bit. Yeah. Any peep, any rumblings of anything that they don't, that they're not nice or take time for fans, any sort of negativity around any of those guys? Never. None. Yeah, I mean, Ekposo. First to raise my hand about his contract and what he has produced in the past. Kyle, I'm sorry. But that's some yeah, but what yeah, but what his yeah, but what his professional what his professional performance and his personal performance are two different things, right? And that's where I connect. Where I would say Jack is the best at what he does and most high profile out of all of those guys. So when there's a when there's a few when there's a small handful of stories like Reve or other people you just hear from because again Tudes is a small city right things get around and and you can't really get away with much here with that so if you get a small handful of those instances where you were kind of a dick you didn't take time for people that and you're that big of a superstar and a stud at what you do it magnifies it more than probably a lot of other guys oh, and I it, think it I think he does. did I think right and I just don't think he like understood that when you know processing leading up to that game and everything that happened to another scenario for you imagine being a piece of shit human that plays hockey in the city of la like no one's gonna fucking yeah care. nobody yeah cares like it's, no one's yeah, gonna different... care you're gonna fly completely under the radar like completely it, under the radar no one's gonna even recognize you more than no. likely yeah they're worried about the tiktok star who's next door yeah like, right <laughs> Exactly. Which also kind of switching gears here, but just like an interesting thought, right? Because I've thought about this before. I love a nice tutor segue. Hit it. What <laughs> What would you guys, if you were in, let's say, the NHL, would you rather be in a city like in L.A. where not necessarily the city of L.A., but somewhere where when you're away from the rink, people don't even know or care who you are and you can just like go out to dinner like a normal human being or would you rather be in a place like buffalo where like the fan base is so so connected and so passionate about the team but 
if you go out to eat downtown, like it's nonstop people walking over to you because like everyone knows who you are. Like you are the big deal in town. Yeah. That's a, tough a lot one. of pros and cons yeah. that way into that decision. Yeah. Like, I feel like I would um, rather be living, the guy. Cost of living. Well, is no, so not not thinking about it from that perspective, okay. Derek. Just like okay. the, the I'm just thinking from, of like, do I yeah. like you can imagine. I like where that was headed, though, Derek. You know, no, I, I, like from tax, was, I like where that's going. I like where that's well, headed, not even that. that's, that's a whole other beast, right? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I think I'd for rather sure. be the fly under the radar kind of situation. Yeah, because you're still gonna have a lot of people that recognize you, but it's gonna be like subtle and like the you'll be like, yeah, real ones know, right? Like you, if you recognize, like if somebody recognizes like Alex Iafalo in L.A., for example, they're a hockey fan, they're a pack, they care about the team. They're not like I bet you, I bet famous. You, I would bet you Drew Drew Doughty, Anze Kovatar, and Jonathan Quick could all go out to dinner in L.A. and there will be some people that know who they are, maybe a couple rumblings, but like the majority of where they're at probably doesn't know. Yeah, I can and see those that. guys. Those well guys have been the core of that team for all their Stanley Cups. They're gonna yes. be the well dressed, like um, you know, like decent car kind of guy, but like that's. Isn't that everybody handful, that lives like, in yeah, Los Angeles? Say, it's like a yeah. decent handful of everyone in right. LA. So you can blend in a lot better. LA's kind of a tough example, though. You know, LA's pretty tough. Even, you... even the Rangers. If you play for the Rangers, nobody yeah. in Manhattan, yeah. nobody in Manhattan gives a shit about who you are. Yeah, well, yeah. they walk with their heads down anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. but you get teams like this, you get cities like Buffalo. I would put the Islanders in there for sure. Minnesota. We have Florida Panthers. Oh, like, yeah. I think the only I think the only big city where you maybe couldn't get away with it would be like Toronto. Obviously, like, Montreal, you know what I mean. Like Calgary, Toronto, the Canadian Calgary. markets are a whole different beast. Yeah, but if you're a, in, yeah. Like, like I, I wonder, like Patty Kane or Taves in Chicago. Like, I don't know how that would. Compare. I think that's a decent. That's a pretty you decently know. sized, especially with their more, you know, the success within the past twenty years. I think they're pretty. That's a pretty, you know, northeastern-ish yeah. kind of state. I think you're getting recognized pretty heavily. You know, hockey market type area. But like, same thing though. Like when the Thrashers were in the league, I don't think anyone's given. You know, maybe Danny Heatley or Kovalev or. Uh, Kovalchuk, excuse me. You get a couple guys, but most players, you're not going to – nobody's going to – I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the, the hockey players in Dallas probably get recognized a little more often. Um, there's probably not too Between many. the Stars and the Cowboys, though? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like Football Tyler's, players, like, I, I don't know. I, when, I worked at the ho- when I worked at the hotel, we had both NFL and NHL come through. The mm-hmm. NHL guys flew under the radar no matter what. Like, they yeah. all look the same. Like, you get to know what they look like, but, man, the NFL guys, they stick out. They're, they're just, just big human beings. Monsters of humans. Yeah. yeah, like, they're just huge. I mean, that's the thing, right? You've, I mean, we've all, like, been around him, but, like, offensive lineman, like, Deion Dawkins walks into the room. You're like, this is not a normal-sized human yeah. being. Like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This guy's not an account. Like, what do you like? What do you do yeah. for work? Like, you what know? do you do for like? What yeah. you do for work is like the first question that's going to be like when you see a guy like that. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Like at the the thing uh, me and Maddie went to Derek the the sneaker swap. Oh, Spencer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spencer Brown came in and right. somewhat like I saw him walk in and I was like, Dude. 
I'm pretty sure that's a Bills player. Don't recognize him though. Yeah, sure as shit. Five Most minutes the, later, yeah. some some guy comes over and he, um, um, one of the guys from my cousin Vintage, he goes, hey, "Yo, Spencer Brown's here." I'm like, "Okay, yep, that was the guy I saw." And then he like brings him over and introduces us. It's the same guy in the teal hoodie. I'm like, "Yep, fucking." As soon as I saw you, <laughs> I kind of figured because I mean, just the Thor. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. When at the hotel, like the NHL guys used to fly under the radar. Like, unless you really knew NHL, like. You didn't really know, but they were also like the out of town guys. So most yeah. people from Buffalo aren't I think really just from like here, but here's the, the thing out with of your, town NFL guys. You can you can just tell. Here's yeah. the thing with your Dallas example too, Derek. If someone's so if Tyler Sagan, Dak Prescott, and Luka Doncic are all out together having dinner, and somebody walks by, they're gonna hand Tyler Sagan their phone and say, "Hey, can you get a picture of us?" <laughs> for sure i guess you're or right. give me your yeah, number right. yeah. yeah well and if it's a chick they're just gonna give me a number but like yeah i guess i just didn't think yeah. about like i'm just like thinking of like the nationalities of like hockey players and right. just like like being in dallas texas but then again, yeah all the finnish players that they have yeah on that and team. i'm just like thinking of just like but then again i completely forgot about like the mavericks man well yeah well that's the thing too i i feel like for like baseball and hockey like you don't have to look that different than an average person to be really successful and be professional but let's face it you can be johnny Gaudreau. yeah you could yeah exactly you can be super fast jump high great dribbling great shooter but if you're five foot eight there's a reason there's guys like jj beret and nate robinson are so popular because they don't happen they don't happen there. You gotta be like, you, you have to, you gotta be tall to succeed and make it to that league. And you have to pretty much do that to play good in college too. Right? Like just the sport, how it is now, you gotta be a super tall guy. Same thing with football. What position can you afford to not be like a Thor looking dude? Even now look at Josh Allen. He's a quarterback. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and he you stand runs like he, he runs. I know he runs like Michael Vick, and but he throws darts like he's whoever Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like it's just like there's certain attributes that make you good at certain sports that are more obvious to the just untrained eye, or just like you'll stand out in a crowd, like NBA or NFL guys, right? Or hockey players, like baseball guys, even too. I feel like for the most part, like they're just you don't need a lot of intangible physical tools to, you, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Like you, yeah. it's easier to blend in just in general. So I don't know. That's a really interesting question though. I think. But I, I think too, the difference is, and I get a lot of shit for this in group messages, like with my friends and you're stuff always stirring together. up group messages. I am. I am. I, you know what though? I like to kind of like be the guy that's arguing the alternative point. Sometimes one of my, one of my favorite things to do. But a lot of my friends grew up playing, like, football, basketball, like, those kind of sports. And, Uh like, I grew up playing baseball, and now I play hockey and golf. And I tell them, like, the differences, and I think this speaks to kind of, like, the physical attributes of guys. In my opinion, you can get pretty far in the game of football or basketball if you're just big and athletic. You don't have to be that skilled. You can get away with pure athleticism. You can't do that. And and you can't do that in hockey or baseball 
because there's so many other refined movements and coordinations that yeah. have to come into play where you can't like you can't just take someone that's a really good athlete and plug them in at right wing if they've never really played hockey and expect them to do well but you get a guy like so chris manhurts is a guy that played basketball at canisius when i was there he was a center at canisius but he was like six foot six six foot seven ripped up dude was a brick wall strong as hell known for his rebounding Mm -hmm. didn't play football played basketball in college ended up basically getting contacted by some agents or whatever now he just signed another contract to continue as a tight end in the nfl having not played football before that why because he was big strong and athletic it wasn't like he dedicated his whole life to getting well getting good at football it was just his college basketball career ended he wasn't a guy that was going to be a pro basketball player but they were like oh look at his frame like this guy's a beast we could teach him how to play tight end and he's doing really really well at it and you know congrats for him but like you can't take him and put him on skates and throw him on defense and, you know, a pro hockey league and be like, all right, dude, like go hit somebody. <laughs> that's not going to go well. Like, no. Yeah. Pretty sure that's a common story for most tight ends in the end. Like, a, yeah, a lot, a lot of, of them are ends. just converted basketball yeah. players. Yeah. yeah. Super interesting. Cause they get the, they get the jumps. They can, you know, but you gotta have a decent pair of hands too. But I feel like that's why, like, so many hockey guys or baseball guys just look like normal people because it's you can't just be an athlete and get to a certain point there. You have to refine very specific skills. Let's throw golf in there as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Golf, golf's, the same, sure. yeah golf's the same thing. But, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, if Zemgis Gergensen sure. throws on a button down shirt and khakis, he probably looks like he could do your taxes. Yeah. Right? Mm, not. Not with a schnoz like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's just, it is what it is. It's yeah. kind of different with, uh, with guys. From well, no, I, don't it, even know, I don't even know how we ended up here. But. It doesn't matter. <laughs> think about this though. Think about this though. You know what made me think? Like if it takes somebody who knows nothing about hockey, grab Mitch Marner and say, what sport does he play? Or is like, what does this guy do? You could even say, and nobody's going to pick anything that's athletic, sports related, nothing. I mean, Mitch Marner, I I have to be like, I still can't believe. You know what? I got a better example for you, and you know he's my favorite. Oh. Oh. Show me me (laughs) the picture. Show me a picture of Phil Kessel away from the ice, shirt untucked, flip-flops on, whatever. And say, what does this guy do for a living? Stay I at bet, home, Dad. I know that, like, that guy's nobody, like your local, like EG tax guy or something. <laughs> there's nobody in the world that's going to say that guy's a pro athlete, but he's one of the better forwards in the NHL over the last decade, right? Yeah, like he's he's a, been a very solid top six forward in the league for his entire career. Yeah, the guy doesn't 
the guy eats hot dogs and slugs Dr. Pepper, and he's still in the NHL at 30. <laughs> what is he, 33 years old? 32? Yeah, and it's he's still, And he's still buzzing. You put a pair of cargo shorts on him? I'm like, what landscaping company do you own? Like, it's just I'm going to I'm gonna even say that he looks way older than he actually is. And you know so. what, though? There's a reason that I wear 81 in beer league. It's because <laughs> I want to be like Phil. Like, <laughs> Phil the girl, baby. Yeah. No, that's that's so funny. But to get to the original question, though, I don't know. I feel like for me, though, it's tough to get away from the passionate fans because I think that would as much as that could get annoying. I think that would drive me and keep me focused for the time that I was in a city like, you know, I played for a team like the Wild, the Sabers, the Islanders. You know, like a uh, like a little reminder. Like, yeah, like just like you this. get the occasional ballsy fan that's like, "Hey, man, you fucking sucked last night." Yeah, <laughs> like, as yeah, and then you can just fire back. Like, how's your fucking desk job, or you know, whatever, if you want to, yeah, or you have, could just have fun you could have fun with it. Be like, I know your desk job. Like, you, know for if, you know, there's like. You know, there's like, uh, what is it, Ron from Chictawaga that's out there? That's like, if he sees oh, Frank Jack and Chictawaga, yeah, Frank from Chictawaga, yeah. If he sees a player out in public and they did poor last night, he's probably yeah. like, you fucking suck he, last night. Bro. Frank and Chictawaga probably spent a, many a Wednesday after mornings driving around looking for Rasmus Ristolainen. I would here's, bet any amount of money. Here's the <laughs> he thing. probably Can had they... an aneurysm when he found out that the Flyers extended him. <laughs> <laughs> what a great read what a great thing that's going to be for teams going forward that need right-handed defensemen like what's john klingberg going to get this summer in free agency if rasmus ristolainen is getting five million Shout there's out gonna... to the philadelphia flyers for winning me a lot of money this past week and when i mean winning i mean Just losing to the yeah yeah fade oh, yeah Save bobby brink day, bobby brink's gonna be a problem in this league though that this... guy's that guy is good. The Sabres were a favorite for the first time on the sports book, and I can't even tell you how long against the Flyers, and that's saying something. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's for sure. That's saying something. <laughs> but, um, Speaking of the Sabres, Owen Power, Benny, I know you want to talk about him. <laughs> this kid, man. <laughs> By the way, um, my a, a buddy of mine that I work with, he went to Chipotle yesterday for lunch, and he's he, he said he walked in, and uh, there was uh, he's like about a few people in front of me. There was a super tall guy, and um, I was like, he's just standing there minding his own business, and he doesn't think anything of it. He's looking at his phone, just moving forward. So then all of a sudden, you know, because you know when you go into the Chipotle, there's seats like right where like the line starts. He's like, someone's uh, the, the tall guy sits in the booth and my buddy looks over and he makes eye contact with him. And he's like, who's this like giant teenager just staring at? He's like, oh, <laughs> that's Owen Power. And he's just like, he said, like, they made eye contact. And it, he was like, I recognized him. He knew that I recognized him. And he's like, I just like put that, my head down and keep looking back. It's like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing yeah. at each other. <laughs> yeah, basically. And uh, it, but that was really funny. And um so, yeah, another thing to love about Owen Power, he obviously is a Chipotle guy. So, you know, just keeps adding to the adding to the good guy credibility there. As do um, most 19-year-old males, I'm going to say. Yeah, sure. But, I think it would be a huge red flag if he didn't. 
That's a good point, uh, actually. Yeah, I stand corrected. Yeah, so it, it's just good to know. He's, an 18, yeah. he's, an, he's a 19-year-old yeah. male that just signed an NHL entry contract. Of course, yeah. can, can confirm <laughs> Owen Power is one of us. Yeah, uh, right? You, you, you never know, though, because you, you, you just never know it's, these days, you know? I don't want to see – wouldn't want to see him at McDonald's, you know, going with the OV or the Kessel route for the for the diet plan. But, um, no, really, anyway. It worked out well for them. Yeah, but there's a reason there's so few. It's the same kind of thing, you know what I mean? It's the, you don't you don't hear about it too often because it's a rare thing. Well, we it don't takes have to a worry about that because we don't have to worry about it because our boys over at TCB reported that uh, that he uh, he's putting in the hard hours. He uh, he stayed uh, he was out out for at least an hour after practice today working with Dan Girardi. Um, oh, you love that. Hours. Yeah, you love to here's, see that. Here's the thing, and. Any draft pick, free agent, anyone that comes to Buffalo, all they have to know is that when they get here, the first week they're here, all they've got to do is tweet, went out for wings, these are the best things I've ever had, blue cheese over ranch. That's it. You say say that, you could murder somebody (laughs) in this town, and nobody's going to touch you. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, if Marshawn Lynch had Twitter back in the day, he did run over a lady. So, yeah, I mean, he very well could have said that. Yeah, that's, you know, that's then one did that. So, I mean, speaking of Marshawn Lynch, though, real quick, uh, side note yeah. because he was Seattle brought back an owner. Ooh. Yeah, and um, an absolute stud on the Zamboni. I don't know if anyone saw that TikTok, but my he's God, rip- he's ripping it like it's the Cal. Get him. Uh, yeah, like that like golf cart. Like, yeah, uh, I wouldn't have guessed he'd be better at driving a zamboni, ripping it than a golf cart. I mean, you get a little more control in the golf cart, but clearly he's been a uh, you know getting the reps in on the zamboni. Marshawn Lynch is on the short list of people that I just want to sit down and have a conversation with because oh, that yeah. guy is fascinating. Yeah. I would love to actually. I can't even uh, get on that list. I would love. I would love to talk money with him because there was something that he, uh, there was like an article that he like managed to like save all of his like game. Yeah, he lived off his endorsement money. Lived off of his endorsements. I'd love to hear how he managed to do that. Yeah, that's. that's, I've heard. I've heard similar stories about Gronk too. I could see it. That's impressive. When you're getting endorsements like those two guys, though, I think it's probably a little easier to uh, yeah, I get mean, you're, live a good life and also be smart. No, about I know, money. but I'm talking about like the early side of things. Like, I want to know about like 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 was he banking like like rookie contracts or was he living off that? Dude, or, he like, lived. That's he funny. lived in Buffalo, New York. You can live comfortably here off like 50k. Oh, I used like, to walk past his condo um, after middle school and say what's up to him. He'd be like just out mowing his lawn. Nice. Yeah, yeah what a good guy. Anyways, Owen Power, the guy's gonna win like eighteen Norris trophies with this franchise, and I can't Probably wait for it. One of the most like, I mean, talented nineteen-year-old like defenseman I think I've ever seen. He looks. Like, I think he's just like so much farther ahead than Darlene was when he was that age. And I mean, obviously, like they just came from different worlds, and like the competition level that you're playing against or like two different things like size of like the actual guys that that you're playing against but like here's that thing with Owen Power where I watch him and just I mean sorry guys get used to it because I'm going to pump his tires for years to come here Um, 
but the he has like a similar offensive skill set to Darlene. Not as dynamic, I would say. Not quite as flashy, right? You don't get those holy shits, you know, like that Darlene does with the skill level, right? But he's very skilled. But the fact that like he kills penalties, he's defensively responsible. I mean, that two on one he broke up in his first game where Matthews was waiting for the just a nice tap in, just never looked panicked, just checking it out, checking it out, doom. Just like the composure that this guy already has. I mean, unbelievable. I I can't say enough good things. There's a lot of the situations that Granado has in him says a lot too. Well, that's what I love too, is we just yeah, get out there. Oh, there's a minute left. The other team pulled their goalie. Go ahead. Go lock it up. We're not playing for shit anyways. He's also on, like, he's also on penalty kill number one, you know, and like yeah. he's out there. I mean, the one, I think it was in his, it was in the first or second game. I can't remember where he, there was a three-on-one that he led the charge, and I watched him just break into the into the offensive zone, and he opened up his hips backwards, and he basically just opened up the like area just to like work he just opened up the entire play instead of driving in and trying to force it into like a traditional three-on-one he slowed down the play opened it up waited for guys and then he ended up dishing it over you know to the side you know guy on the opposite point um Mm -hmm. which i just like love to see it was just like he wasn't trying to like go for gold on anything he was like all right what can we do with this you know he was establishing possession which is like something that i feel in especially today's game, it's so especially watching West Coast games, it's so back and forth and like just basically like balls to the wall. It's so there's like not as much possession. Like there's not there's not a ton of like zone maintenance and like zone keeping, I guess. Um and it's like good to see a player like a young player really, you know strive for that to try to like slow down the play and like let's set something up here rather than like pucks to the net pucks to the net pucks to the net you know yeah. it's fun hockey to watch don't get me wrong but you know i i do love seeing you know it being slowed down and try not to go for just like let's try and force it down their gut every single time right i love that derek i agree with you i think there's a lot of value because the games are track meets. Like, let's face it. There's a lot of transition. There's a lot of up and down odd man rushes. But when you do get that chance to like, let's change up the rhythm a little bit. Like instead of just, you know, staying so direct, let's stop for a second, see what happens. It's like that level of hockey IQ and creativity to just have a different look. You know what I mean? So I think having that good balance and that's just what I like. He's just, he's so balanced. He's a giant. He can skate as good as anybody out there in any situation, he kills penalties. You got to think he's going to be running the second power play next year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're saying he can get up in the rush too, which he shows an eagerness to like, I, we were excited about Darlene when he got here. I mean, Holy shit. This guy is awesome. Also Just great to say side note. Uh, bravo to our boy Darlene first uh defenseman since the 95 96 season to break 50 points that's also dumb to even say that we haven't had a defenseman <laughs> since 95 to break 50 points it's kind of crazy um it's so, not good it's not no, good it's at not. all even good with the years, even with the years, like honestly though like think about it like man like like jitnik was like a really good defenseman 
like he, he was a f- assist after assist, but like the yeah. games were also like a lot lower scoring back then too. Yeah, Shitnik, Shitnik would go out there, you know, just you know, he, just be a typical defenseman of his time. He'd get a couple points. He'd go in the locker room for the first yeah, intermission, light they up weren't the as dynamic. No. Yeah, they. Then. It was more straight line stuff and, you know, yeah. just kind of grittiness. It wasn't – yeah. So, He's I don't know. Two-way defenseman. It is. Right. I'm glad Darlene was the one to, to get yeah, that straight no. now because I think it's just going to keep going up for him, though. But, um, yeah, man, it's exciting to see with him with power coming in. You got Darlene Power Samuelson as your left-side defense. <laughs> I mean, already that is, to me, some of the best in the league as far as skill, talent, the kind of different types of players you'd want in there. I, two years, look at that top, those three guys as your left side defense for the Sabres. I mean, you're going to have a tough time finding a better top three left, three left-handed defensemen for your top, for your six defenders in the whole league, I would say. I don't think they're, I think they're going to have that pretty soon here in the near future. Um so I guess it'll, we'll see what we do on the right side going forward, right? I it's mean, also good to see, um, I will say, uh, these last few games, Victor Olofsson getting in on the five-on-five five chart. Uh, he's been killing it there. Yeah. Boys, have been, boys have been rolling. It's yeah, it's weird, good. Weird to talk about. Yeah, roll it into next season. I see they signed uh, Bloom to a, to a contract. I think he's going to finish the year with the Amherst too. Um, yeah, under the radar that. draft pick, mid-round kind of guy. I hope they. Um, I think he went in the third. This Ryan Johnson deal as well too, because that's. See, but that's where I'm like, if so. All right, so let's uh, scenario. If you're Ryan Johnson and you're like what I just said, Owen Power, Darlene Samuelson, and you're another left-handed defenseman, are you gonna yeah. be in a like? Are you gonna be in a rush to sign with the Sabers? Probably not. No, but it just sucks because we could lose. I think we could lose his rights to him, right? Because it's already been a couple we, of years. Can we yeah. also talk about how that is like the dumbest thing in professional sports that you can oh, be the drafted? Age of, like, the yeah, you, like it, like in the NHL, right? You get everyone gets drafted their draft year at eighteen years old, but if you get drafted and then you go play in college for four years and then you leave you can just sign with whoever you want. And the fact that you got drafted is totally irrelevant. Like that's so dumb. Yeah, I get it. I get it in the sense that like to meet the best situation ever, probably for a lot of guys, which granted it's everyone wants to get drafted. Right. But the guys like that, uh, that Minnesota state goalie that, um, won the Hobie Baker and made it to the national championship. Yeah. McKay. He wasn't drafted at 18, just had this unbelievable year, made it to the national championship game. Hobie Baker award. He gets to sign with whoever he wants. And that's awesome. Good for him. Go get the bag kid. But if you got drafted by a team, you shouldn't be able to basically just pull like a Jimmy VZ or like an Adam Fox and just be like, okay, like I'm going to go sign with the New York Rangers or whoever I feel like just because I didn't want to play for this other team that drafted me. Also, who are you? Like, yeah. like who are, who are you? A, like, exactly. It's the thing, too. Like, it, it worked. You could say it worked out pretty damn good for Adam Fox, but no, it did. It but out you, for you, Jimmy should, 
you shouldn't even have the option to do that if you got drafted by a particular team. Like, don't penalize a team for for that, right? Like, if they drafted, if they have Jonathan, like, he shouldn't be able a team to sign and trade. Sign. Should be a sign and trade at worst. Right. Yeah. A, a team like shouldn't get also get penalized just because the player like the player makes the decision. We don't, you know, the team doesn't make the decision. At the or if you want to keep it that way, what if you get if if you get that draft pick, you lose that draft pick, you get it in another draft. You just right. get an extra pick from who? Do, there's no compensation, right? Like for that team. So like. If, I feel like there might be, but you have to. I feel like it, if there is, it depends where you, the pick was. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't even know what to look up on that because I know there it's different because everything that's going to pop up right is for because um, the range. For, yeah, because I think for, the same the VC thing happened. I think the Rangers ended up. Oh, it was an offer sheet. Well, no, that's what I was trying to think of the term like what's oh. going to come up for draft pick compensation. Um, you know, it's going to be all the rules for. I think sheets. the Rangers gave us a compensatory pick for for VC when he signed they, there. I'm pretty sure. I think there is too. I think you're right, Derek, but I don't know exactly how it goes. I, it's definitely not like what the true value is of that. But player. even even then, you basically should you should have to, I think, play for the team that drafted you unless they want to trade you somewhere. Yeah. That's where the sign and trade thing could be. At worst, you sign and say, like, you come to an agreement, hey, we'll sign you here. This is what we would have given you. But keep in mind, if you, you know, we don't have to move you. <laughs> like, you're going to sign this deal, you know, and then you can, it can kind of work out where you could structure the money where the team knows we're probably losing you. So we maybe we don't sign you to quite what we think you're worth if you were going to stay. And that makes you more appealing to get a better package in return or a better compensation pick, whatever the case may be, right? Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Um, as it goes for most of the time when we do our solo episodes, boys, we had like one main topic that we said we're going to talk about it, and we're 15 minutes in and we haven't touched on it. So <laughs> we're going to do that now. <laughs> the three, two, one point system. There was an article done by uh, Pierre Lebrun. Um, didn't read the article, heard, you know, some folks talking about it, but we are all pretty familiar with the three, two, one point system, three points for a regulation win, uh, two points, I believe you get for a overtime win, and then one point for an overtime loss. I am thinking the logic behind this too. Again, I didn't read that much in depth. It seems like you would get rid of the shootout and maybe do sudden death three on three for the overtime. Would love that. Tired of the shootouts. It was cool for a bit. Over it. Um, but, boys, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, for me, initially, I think it stinks right now. My Islanders, they really tried. They really gave it their all. They were going to make it interesting. They just ran out of time, you know, chasing the Capitals there. But, again, I think if this same same season, same situation, you pop the 3-2-1 point system into effect – I think we're getting a real intense playoff race between the Capitals and the Islanders. And by the way, they play each other two times at the end of the year, which is just how could you not want that as a league? But instead we have the top teams are a hundred points, all of them. And then the bottom half teams all got like 70. It's just stupid. So that's kind of where I wanted to jump off with it here. But um, whoever wants to start fellows, what do you think about the idea of, 
the NHL being interested in bringing in the three two one point system? Um, I will start it off with I I think I like it. Um, agree that the shootout's kind of worn out. Would much rather see three on three sudden death. Um, I'd also like to see the statistic before I make that decision of how many games are decided by overtime, like goal versus a shootout win. Um, Cause like, obviously then the, you're getting into the games getting longer and longer and that's what they were trying to cut down on um, with the sudden death. But I mean, I don't see, there's no way that a three on three would last more than no. three sudden deaths. So we're talking 15 minutes, you know, 15 more minutes Just, of game time. I think the one I saw, though, Derek, to your point, um, to add on to what you're hesitant about, pretty sure one point I saw would be you get the the periods for the three-on-three three for the sudden death overtime would be 10 minutes. So I think so – You can end it right in the first one and then just, like, not even, like I, – there's – I mean yeah. – I would imagine you would take care of business within 10 minutes, especially three on three. Like at the end of a game when everyone's gas, someone's yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I mean, there's just most of the time it's, it's, it comes down to a fuck up and an odd man rush. Like that's usually all it is. You catch someone or someone loses an edge or falls down and then it's a two on one going the other way. So I'd be surprised if it ended up extending stuff. And I would much rather see that. Um, from a fan standpoint, um, but yeah, I mean, a three, two, one, it would, it would make the end of the season, I think a lot more interesting, like right. um, teams not completely out of it. Like, man, you hustle for 60 minutes and you can come out with a win. Like, man, you can make up some pretty big ground, you know, like being down, you know, yeah, it, it it could make the end of the season like really, really interesting for the close playoff races. Um, and I think it could actually expose a lot of teams too. Um, a lot of teams mm-hmm. that are squeaking by on overtime wins, um, you know, or, that or overtime or overtime losses. Yeah. That too. You can gain some ground in that sense too, where, yeah, where you're just, just yeah. racking up one point after night yeah. after night kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, That'd be interesting. Now, question, would there be a fourth, like, stat column? Like, a win, like, would it be win in regulation, win and over? Like, are we, you know, how there's three? It's just, like, win, loss, overtime I loss? So. I think they would just leave it as, like, is that, but you would track Cause that's it. Because that's a thing, like, that that doesn't show for good teams is, like, you don't see how many overtime wins they've had, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Like that just I, gets I don't all know. muddled I, into the same category, so it's kind I'd, of hard I'd to like tell. It just to be, I'd like the basic. You just have the basic record wins, losses, especially if there's no shootout. Like uh, you know what I mean? Like I don't care. Like I still would like to see overtime losses. Like how because an overtime because an overtime loss counts if you lose a shootout, where right. it's like. I, yeah. But you could still have a schedule or a, a record breakdown that includes all the different categories, but just leave it at you won or you lost. And then if there's a tight race at the end of the year, okay, these teams have the same record. Why is Washington four points ahead of the Islanders when they have the same exact record? Yeah. Here, they blah, 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 overtime wins, whatever, overtime losses, right? Because More similar because I feel like the NBA does for, for the most part, right? And then you have like these cool playing games 
baseball, I think, kind of does that too. Um, the NBA just did it. And I just think it could, again, it makes the end of the regular season still exciting. We're not at the point because, buddy, boys, I'm sitting here, I'm a Sabres fan. So, right. Like, I'm just like watching the young guys. But aside from that, if I'm a fan of like Colorado, no interest in even really watching. Like, I'll pay attention to my team, but the rest of the playoff matchup, we've known who's playing who for the most part in the first round for a month. And that's not, it's cool, but it's not. I think it's a little less exciting because I think you're finding the, you're not going to have the same motivation from, from teams in a lot of ways. I don't know. I think the three, the, the point system sounded really interesting. And it was just funny that I was, cause I was looking late last night. And I'm like, these, there's no race. There's nothing like it's just dead. So I think the, again, that's a spot the NHL can do better. And I think this is probably, I would argue the only way to do it. I don't think there's a better point. I think it solves kind of every issue you might have as far as the, the scope of it in the league, you know, big gaps between the bottom half and the top half. I think that's just not good for the league, but what do I know? It's a good point. Benny. I like it. What do you, what, what do you, what do you say to I, yeah, I, I like it. I think it makes the, not even the end of the season, but it makes the end of games more interesting. Cause I think a lot of times you look at it and only being a one point difference between an overtime loss and a win in regulation or overtime, a lot of teams, if it's a tight game or a tie game with like, you know, two minutes left in the game, they're kind of, I don't want to say mailing it in, but they're kind of just sitting back on their heels, killing time saying, yeah, let's just get to overtime and take our chances because at least in overtime, if we make a mistake, we still get a point. Right. And then even further than that, a lot of teams, like when three on three overtime first came into play, it was really exciting, right? It was really fast paced. It was high flying, you know, high skill, so much open ice. Now it's a lot of like dump the puck all the way back, swoop around, like reset. Little roller hockey Don't, style. Yeah, like roller hockey style almost, but it's almost like possessional based. Sometimes it just feels like they're playing for the shootout. Right. It's like it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to watch that. I want to see like the back and forth. And personally, I don't like shootouts. I think they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they're that entertaining to watch. And to decide a game over, you know, a one-on-one with the goalie. I don't know. It feels like you, it feels like something you do to like mess around with your buddies like after practice, but like not the way a game should be decided. Yeah, for sure. I would, I would to build on that. I would much rather sweat out an overtime goal than a shootout goal to decide the game. Like, yeah. sweating out a bet with the shootout is terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Whereas, it's the worst. Like, it's the, absolute the overtime worst. goal is like you just accept it. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, they had a good play, or like you know, or you can see like obviously. Um, with the momentum shifting, if they get after them early, it's possessional based. It really is. That overtime period is possessional based. If you can maintain possession at this point uh, with how far the three on three has gone. 
yeah. it's definitely positional based. For sure. Well, yeah, boys, um, good chat this week. We're right up against it here on the time. Thanks once again, everybody, for listening. Um, we will be back next week for episode 58. And uh, everybody, have a great weekend. Have a good rest of the week. We'll see you. See you. Go Sabres.